0: Are you ready to become the go-to in your industry without having to fake it till you make it? I'm Caroline Vanatta and I teach creatives like you the key that unlocks radical confidence so you can be proudly known as a creative expert. We're gonna have meaningful conversations here to highlight the mindset shifts it takes to become your industry's go-to and stop trading dollars for hours. today I'm interviewing Annie of Olea and Fig and we are talking about branding and connecting to your why and not finding your worth in the success of your business and Every conversation I've had with Annie, it has been so apparent how clear her mission is and how deeply she connects with her mission and her dream clients, and that's what's helping her make the impact. I love learning about how she has defined success and how she is serving her clients and growing her business. You guys are really going to love this episode. Thanks so much for being here, Annie. Of course. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Do you want to go ahead and share with us about your business, about your story, and how you got started? Yes. It's
1: actually a longer story, but I'll try to keep it short. I actually run Ole Fig with my sister. She's a co-founder of Ole Fig. So she actually is based in Taiwan, handling clients on that side of the world, whereas I'm based in San Francisco, handling this side of the world. So what we do is we help women entrepreneurs who are running their small businesses and who are looking to create a strong online brand um, in the long run to grow their business consistently. So what we do is through brand strategy coaching and online marketing program to help them do that. So they can focus on other things that matter in their business or their lives. So how we started, so I guess this goes back to four or five years ago, I was in corporate. So I actually went to school for engineering and the business, and then I entered the tech world as what I thought was the right track. You know, it's it's the typical path where people embarked on this path that they think that defines success to them, and it turns out, you know, somewhere Along the line, you realize that that's not what you want, so that's what happened to me. So being in tech world, I hit burnout, and I just realized that I did not own my life, I did not own my time, and I was missing out on everything that's meaningful to me. So after this one incident, I got back, and I quit my job, and I just wanted to do something creative on the side, just anything I could grab onto. So that's kind of where I started off. So I took kind of a couple of months just trying to figure out my creative side. And then one after another, I think I just spotted this gap between the creative world and the strategy world, which I'm drawn to both. So which I know last time we briefly talked about how I'm a multi-passionate. So that kind of was that sweet spot that that I spotted. And, you know, with Terry's help, she also was in corporate. She also had burnout. She was in marketing. So yeah, we just came together and then start Oli and Fig, helping especially women who are running their business and looking for some help on the strategy side of things and the creative side of things.
0: That's so awesome. Annie, I didn't know you guys were sisters. Yeah. I totally missed are. that. <laughs> <I know. laughs> That's amazing. That's so yeah. fun. So had you guys like always been close and... Yeah. yeah. So this so, is- actually we are both from Taiwan. Mm-hmm. So
1: I came to the states. I went to boarding school um, when I was in 8th grade and she came so she's 2 years younger than me. So she came afterwards. So we've always been really close because we are studying abroad since when we were really young, all the way to college. And after college, she made the decision to go back to Asia and I stayed here. But because we've been spending time abroad since we were so little, so we've always been really close. We're very different, though, which I think is the strength of Mm -hmm. why this has been working so well for us Mm -hmm. because we're so different. And we complement each other, whether or not it's on our strengths, our weaknesses, our qualities and things like that
0: yeah i'm curious can you share a little bit about how you guys split roles because i'm sure that people are curious what it's like to run a business with a partner or someone else
1: so i am kind of like the big picture thinker so i always mm-hmm. get a lot of ideas mm-hmm. a lot of times i tell her this all the time i wish i can type faster i wish there's an app or technology where i don't even have to speak to a phone they can just read my thought and everything <laughs> is written.. <laughs> Because my thought, a lot of times it goes really fast. Mm -hmm. And even with speaking, I know a lot of times I also need to slow down a little bit. That being said, so I'm more of the person who generates a lot of ideas, but Terry, she's really, really good at organizing and really Mm -hmm. good at distilling all these bits and pieces of ideas that I have into concrete action plan and actually execute them. So -hmm. that's kind of how we complement each other at work. And on a more personal level, This is something that we also found along the way is that when it comes to communication, she's really good at hosting events that are intimate. She's really good at connecting with people that she just met in a very intimate setting Mm -hmm. on the spot. And I think that really builds trust into people. Mm -hmm. Whereas I usually feel more comfortable speaking to a bigger crowd and just because that's not kind of where my strength lies where she is really strong in terms of building that immediate connection you know, with strangers. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel more confident when I'm speaking to a crowd rather than having to find that you know, in the instance.
0: That's amazing and so cool because I know so many people are like the visionary big thinkers and they're having to like kind of fill that role still but you guys have each other to do that. So Thanks. tell me a little bit about the mindset shifts it took for you guys to start thriving.
1: I want to say it's this the biggest mindset shift for us was when you first start a business, there is a lot of self doubt, even after you started, you already run your business for several years, it's still going to kick in. This is something that everyone can relate to. It doesn't matter if you have a business or not, just in general, this is just the nature of human beings. And so I think, especially when we started off, you know, social media really isn't helping. While it's a really great platform for marketing you know, we all get to that habit of just scrolling or just looking at other people's stuff and you start doubting yourself. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times I will wonder, you know, didn't, I didn't come from a creative background or I did not actually study specifically the things that we do in school. Like, do we have what it takes? But then this big mindset shift was something that really, really helped me was that I saw that our business is actually a game, a system mm-hmm a medium that you have to figure out but it doesn't define what you do it doesn't define your worth it doesn't define your work and it's just a medium for you to multiply the work you're here to do you're born to do and once i started viewing our business that way you know and this was early on so yeah there were failed launches there were offers that we rolled out and the seat weren't filled or it didn't meet our whether or not it's financial goal or personal goals But at the end of the day, if you really understand that this is what a business is and that, you know, a fail launch doesn't mean anything. You just have to tweak around these Mm -hmm. tactics for you to do it again and again. It doesn't mean that what you want to do is not good. It's just maybe Mm -hmm. your marketing is wrong. Your branding is wrong. Whatever tactics, your business model may be wrong, but that doesn't change your calling. And there are people out there who actually means what you have. Um, It's just a, a matter of getting to them. Does that make sense? (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So I love this so much. And I feel like it's really in line with what I talk about, which is an elevated launch mindset. And so tell us some specific things that are working for you right now that have worked for you in the past to really have that elevated launch mindset. And I love what you said about the game, taking it as a game. It's a business. It's a numbers game. You're seeing what works. Failure is feedback. Tell us everything you've been doing to keep that perspective. The biggest thing that really
1: allowed me to take this mindset inwards is the practice of really figuring out what I'm here to do in this life. Mm. And I think that's very, very important. Mm. I think in any business, impact someone, right? Mm. So we have the responsibility as business owners, as entrepreneurs, to quite frankly, to be ethical about the things you do. And you're not just looking at money. Although mm. money is important because that's going to allow you to multiply the work you're here to do, but I think what really allowed me to take in this mindset was I had to step back and really find that linkage between our business and my personal calling, our brand mission and my personal mission, and find that connection between my target audience and myself. Right? And I preach this a lot. When it comes to your target audience, a lot of people struggle, but If you can find that connection with your target audience, they must be a form of you, whether or not they're your Mm -hmm. past you, Mm -hmm. your present you, your future you. But there needs to be that connection between you and them. That's how you can really get into that emotions, their desires, their passions, their challenges. That's actually the big secret. And I think it's easier than than people would think once you find that personal connection with them because you speak their language, you understand them. And even if there's a gap, you know where to find them because they are a form of you. You know, like I said, I think first was to try to find my personal connection, my personal calling and mission with the brand mission. And second is really find that connection between us and our people. And so... Because I do have a partner who, you know, Terry, and we obviously don't have the exact same personal mission, right? That's impossible. We're two very different people, so we had to go through this exercise: writing down our personal mission, finding commonalities, and really build our brand based on our both uh, our personal mission and what we believe is the work that we're here in this world to do, and find that commonality and build. A brand around it, whether or not strategy or visual or business model or marketing, everything is on top of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, I love what you said about it being a former version of you and how that's actually just a really simple way to look at it and connect with things. Because it's funny too, the world we live in, like talking about money, and that's really what some people believe makes a business successful. You know, it's it's a gray area there, but connecting with creating that transformation, delivering that transformation, leaning into that, how mm-hmm. that's kept you going. That is so cool. I love that so much.
1: Yeah. And and also like when you think of a business, right, of course you need money for it to be viable in the long run, but you know, there is definitely not a business that sustained in the long run if the focus is on business. Whereas if you focus on something deeper and any mm-hmm. successful, however you want to define successful, but Any successful entrepreneur or business owner would say the same about the fact that, you know, after they hit certain benchmark when it comes to financials, Mm -hmm. then what? Right? Mm -hmm. In order to keep your business running in the long run, you have to gain that personal everlasting fuel that keeps you going. Mm -hmm. And how do you do that? You have to make this personal, but not in a way where whenever it doesn't work it means you're a failure. It doesn't mean that, right? Whenever it doesn't work, it means you need more tweaking. And it's the medium that needs tweaking, not you as a person. It doesn't define your worth,
0: you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Do you have any tips for somebody who is kind of having trouble communicating that value, that transformation that they can bring?
1: Yeah. So in our brand coaching program, we actually went through this exercise where we were starting off thinking about just any topics in general, in conversations with friends, at work, whatever it is, or even the news that you usually are drawn to reading or books, what speaks to you? What topics speak to you, right? Even in conversations, what do you get more angry about or emotional about? Mm-hmm. What topics do you have more opinions on, right? Those are really good starting point. And again, like I said, the news, the books that you reach to, those are also really good starting points. Start dissecting what, what you're drawn to as a person, as an individual, and don't think about work to begin with. Don't, don't try to, to, to think about whether or not you can make a change to this topic, but think more about what topics speak to you, because chances are that topic is that thing that you actually want to contribute to. Mm-hmm. And then second is, you know, we would ask people to find their superpower. And when we talk about superpower, you know, it's, it's a combination of your personal quality, your personal strengths, and everything that you've done through training. So this may be through work or through the full-time work you do perhaps, so that's the hard skill and the soft skill, and of course, your personal experience. It's a combination of these three components that make up your superpower. Mm-hmm. So we would first ask about what topics speak to them, and then second is find their superpower and mm-hmm. see how you can integrate these together, and that becomes this calling, this this work that you're here to do.
0: What are some examples of superpowers that you see in your clients or in yourself?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll do mine real quick as an example. Mm -hmm. So my soft skills, I am very good at binging a lot of complex information Mm -hmm. and I'm really good at kind of transforming them in my head and then communicate it in a, in a simpler way. And then I'm also really drawn to topics that really helps women in the workplace, and I think we might have talked a little bit about this last time we talked, but basically from my personal experience working in tech, I always find being an Asian girl specifically, there were a lot of unpleasant experiences for me, so I really want to be able to prevent that or help other women prevent that, whether or not you have a business or not. That's kind of my personal experience that, that has been really, really fueling me, and so my hard skill then, the things I learned from school, you know, that a lot of them are analytical because I went to school for engineering and then of course the business school too. And in my corporate job, I manage a team and we help with all the business development and account management of the company. So those are my hard skill, right? Mm-hmm. So combining my hard skill, my soft skill and my personal experience that speaks really, really strongly to me, um, that kind of is my calling of what well, we basically created through only and fake mm-hmm. is that you know through only and fake through this medium and terry and i use this word a lot only fake we, even though we love it it is a medium at the end of the day mm-hmm. right medium for us to do more of what i'm called to do and whether or not you know perhaps this year is online program maybe next year will be more events like it keeps your business a little flexible. It's a a mindset that allows you to do more that feeds into Mm -hmm. your calling, but not necessarily lock you down as if it it is your worth.
0: Mm -hmm. That's so good. And I feel like that might be trickier for people who create a brand around their name, but it doesn't have to be different. Like they can see it the same way. Like I can see Caroline Vanatta is my brand. It's not me. You know, there is Caroline Vanatta in here, but I love that so much. And that's so valuable. Thanks. Yeah.
1: I actually do want to talk a little bit about, um, I guess differentiation, since we talked about the connection with target audience, I just thought it would, it, w- it might be a good tip for, you know, anyone who's listening to this, just because I've been getting this question a lot. Okay. You know, say What's if the question? You, so this is more about, say, if you are thinking about starting a brand or if you're already running a brand or business, what is the one way to figure out how you can stand out from the crowd? We get this so, so much. And I think this concept of differentiation is getting a little diluted and I don't believe that, you know, a lot of the business owners and marketers nowadays are defining it the right way. And since we talked about connecting with your people just a little earlier, Mm -hmm. you know, this concept about differentiation is really understanding exactly who your people are and what they care about the most. Mm -hmm. Um, And then be the best at the things that they care most about rather than thinking about you have to stand out from the crowd, meaning like the entire market, which is Mm -hmm. impossible right now. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that was also a secondary mindset shift that really helped me. So instead of keep looking at, okay, how can we be different from other people who are helping people with branding and marketing, we focus on specifically our niche, the the Mm -hmm. women that we're helping, what are they drawn to? That's when, and I think we talked about, about this a little bit last time too, is that that's when we found that our women, the women we serve, it's kind of intimidating and they might feel a little distant to learn from someone who's coming from an authority, right? Which is what we see a lot of other coaches, leaders, marketers do. That's kind of their brand. And while those are great brands and they speak to a certain group of people, we find that, especially for the women we serve, they need a community. They need someone who's growing with them and supporting them rather than, you know, a celebrity coach. So that's just kind of an example of how we found our differentiation and the fact that we're really, really big on building a brand for and with our people rather than for ourselves, for the two of us. That's also a, a mindset shift that has, has really helped me in case you know, any of the listeners are wondering about this question.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. How can everyone learn more about you guys?
1: Our website is oleanfig.com and Instagram too, Oleanfig. Mm-hmm. And our Facebook is mainly for our women in Taiwan because this is also something that we learn: is that people in Asia are active
0: Facebook users,
1: whereas okay. you know, the women here are less so. Yeah, I would say website and Instagram are the two best places to find us.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on here, Annie, and sharing all your wisdom. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being a part of the creative expert movement. Share this episode with a friend or on social media so together we can empower creatives to charge more, work less, and fall back in love with their businesses. If you're ready to jump in and become a creative expert, I have a free training where you'll find out yes or no if you're ready to launch an expert product like a course, coaching, or in person event. Go to becomeacreativeexpert.com and DM me on Instagram. while you're watching so that together we can make a custom plan for you to become your industry's go-to leader. Thanks so much for listening to the Creative Expert Podcast. I'll see you next week.